Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture, with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another great week of the Divine Rhyme, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. I'm Will Hogsett here. Joined as always by the lovely Dylan Hughes. Dylan, how have you been feeling this week? And how's this uh, this Crash Talk album by Schoolboy added to your uh, weekly mood? Man, this has been a good week. And listen, summer's right around the corner, man. I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, okay, got to burn some of this fat off. So I've been <laughs> I've been back in the uh, back in the workout grind and. I think Schoolboy is up there as far as like workout music to listen to. Mm-hmm. So having Crash Talk on repeat this week has uh, been a nice compliment to that. Yeah, I just got done working out actually. Got done delivering. And I was like, fuck it, man. Let's work out. Got some Schoolboy going. So um, yeah, it's a really good uh, album, Crash Talk, to uh, work out to i definitely agree and just a mood album which we'll get into a little bit just uh, just with a lot a lot a lot of that what we found with schoolboy is just like man you know you turn it on you start bumping your goddamn head man and that's that's all i could do that's really all i could do but first i would ask the listeners thank you for listening if you could be really appreciative to rate subscribe and review uh the podcast if you like it if you don't i mean leave us leave us a bad review i mean just let us know where we can improve you know honestly i don't i just want some feedback you know what i'm saying yes um also uh follow us on social media at the running hook on twitter tiktok we got a running hook tiktok i did not know that <laughs> and uh the instagram as well uh, follow me, WH Hogsett, on Twitter, and uh, Dylan Hughes as well. By Dylan Hughes. Let us know who you want us to review. Let us know what you think of upcoming songs, upcoming music, and uh, we'd love to chat about it here on the Divine Rhyme. But today is all about Crash Talk, and boy, I had a lot of fun with this album, Hughes. I really, really, really did. Uh, only 40 minutes long, though, and I, you know, it seemed like runtime it felt longer than 40 minutes so what do you think about that Hughes yeah there's there's a lot of quick hitters in this and and it's it kind of sucks because some of the songs I think man it's like you really want more out of them because there's a couple that are just like you know two to three minutes and they're just jam-packed full of content but it's still it's like man I wish I could get another minute of that um so you know, having a lot of those short songs, you know, you're going to get a, a pretty short album. And I think up to this point, Q has pretty much surpassed like an hour and 15 minutes with everything else he's done. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was kind of unique where he was going for more of like a short approach. Um, but like you said, it doesn't really sound, it doesn't really feel like a short listen. Um, some of the songs definitely do fly by. Um, and once you get to the end, it's like, all right, man, throw it back on from the start. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's kind of one of those, kind of one of those types of albums. Absolutely. And we talked about in the last couple of episodes how like some of the great um, R and B 
hip hop rap artists are able to take you on like a roller coaster ride. And so this album, I think, is definitely, definitely a good example of that. And I was wondering if that is if that is possibly another reason to why it kind of sounds longer than 40 minutes of runtime, because at least in my opinion, what I've noticed is you have a lot of different angles where, or different avenues that Q kind of takes you on. And so that's at least in my opinion, that kind of makes it last a little bit longer for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And we've talked about the, the roller coaster theme a lot um, with the, these first two artists and it definitely is true because there's a lot, you don't really get back-to-back songs that sound exactly the same. You know, you, you may have two or three that are kind of upbeat and then one or two that kind of throw you back and they're a little bit slower. And it's just, it's a lot harder to just fly through an album because you really got to sit in like, okay, like the mood kind of just changed. I got to, I got to come at this from a different perspective. Um, so it, it definitely has your brain working a little bit more. And I, I definitely think that's a part of why it, it feels longer than it may be. All right, Hughes, I got a couple more questions for you before we kind of go track by track, because this is definitely one of those albums where I do want to kind of go track by track to kind of get your opinion on it. But first off, uh, what were your overall thoughts on the album sonically? Uh, not necessarily content wise, but just based on like, you know, production and stuff like that. And then uh, also kind of along with that, what is the growth from Blake Face and Oxymoron that you're able to able to pick up? You know, I want to say that this was a, a little bit of a mesh of Oxymoron and, and Blank Face because I would like to think that those two albums were Q really kind of figuring out who he is and how he wanted to sound. And, you know, Oxymoron, I think through and through was just such an incredible album. And, you know, as far as content and sound, I think he did such a great job of figuring out his balance and really putting the emphasis on the sound that he wants to have, which, as we've talked about, is more of that grimy kind of deep sound. And I think Oxymoron, he did a really good job with that. And Blank Face, he got a little bit more experimental with the sound. And you see some of that carry over into Crash Talk where you know, just kind of the unique mix of sounds he'll throw in there. Like there's a few on here that have just a kind of a weird off kilter type of beat, but that's what Q is really good at is making those weird beats kind of work. Mm -hmm. So I think you saw all the experimentation he did on blank face and all the discoveries he made on oxymoron. He kind of took the best out of all that and put it into this album. Yeah, I agree. I saw, um, when I was doing a little bit extra research, not just listening to the album, I, I pulled up an interview that Q had with Charlemagne after he re, uh, released um, Blank, or not Blank Face, but this one, Crash Talk. And he said, with Oxymoron, it was kind of like, it was his first big hit, so he really felt no pressure necessarily to, you know, make strides in the rap game or strides in the, in the gangster rap game. And then with Blank Face, he was really kind of focused on the external um, uh, reception from it and what people kind of thought of it because of, you know, his first big hit of Oxymoron and that sold so much, did so well uh, commercially uh, and it got a lot of respect out of people that he felt he found that after he dropped Blank Face, he was kind of looking for like that praise. And he said he got a lot of that praise from like, 
the reviewers, but it didn't do as good numbers wise. And so I think Blank Face is kind of like, uh, or not Blank Face, I, I keep messing those two up. I think Crash Talk is like a return to um, his, his himself, right? And a return to making music for him. And I really think that you see that, especially initially in the album. I think you really get an initial kind of, uh hit of q in the beginning and so that kind of leads me into another question um we hear throughout the album uh crash talk take one crash talk take two crash talk take three do you think that that do you think that those separate uh kind of different ideas within the album or do you think that those are put there just on a more uh level basis just to kind of keep the album flowing you know, that's interesting. I have, I obviously, like I mentioned before, I've listened to this album a couple of times before doing this pod. Um, and I never really took the time to, to really think what the, what that was all about. And, you know, looking at the track list now, there's the, the themes are kind of still sporadic and they're, they're not really in line with each other. Um, so honestly, like, I'm not sure exactly what he's trying to go with that. Um, I mean, there's some songs that piece together work really well. Um, but you know, it's, and he's done stuff like this in the past where like, he'll, he'll kind of add an element that it's tough to figure out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as we talked last week with the, with the cover art is another example of that. Um, and you know, it's it's honestly something that I personally haven't really been able to figure out because the the placements that he has, I'm not sure if it's really meant as a as a separator, um, but it certainly could be something like that. All right, Hughes, let's get let's get started with the review because I have it marked down in my notes when he has that every time, and so I'm gonna kind of once we get there, I, I'll toss you my ideas and then see. Um, see what what you kind of think about it because I think I, I definitely think that production wise there is there's a different kind of levels to this album and there's different areas in which it kind of goes back and forth but the first song Gang Gang again it's like Q's return to himself almost you know it's it's kind of that hard hitting in my opinion uh, catchy punchy tune whip clean dope boy oh whip clean dope boy oh uh but this also has like an eerie melody in the background and i think that sets the tone for the album as a whole that i found to be kind of um kind of like suspenseful like eerie especially with the production not maybe necessarily the content but just the actual sound uh kind of like unsettling to an extent that doesn't mean i didn't like it almost made me like it a bit more but the production at least a bit unsettling uh but it's an up-tempo song gang gang and i i really think it sets the scene for the album so what what do you got for that hughes yeah i really like this as well and genius actually thought this could be a possible follow-up to gangsta from oxymoron which was the opener of that album of course mm -hmm. um which if that's true it would go in line with what you're talking about with with Q kind of returning back to that oxymoron type of style. And I actually did put them in the playlist right back to back to see, and I could, I could see it being a follow-up. Obviously it sounds different, but it's kind of a similar idea. Um, you know, just kind of reflecting on like the, his life growing up and the, the gang life and all that. 
Um, and it, it really sets the tone for what's going to come later with like all the stuff he learned from all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously on a content basis, that's what I think. But as far as like production and sound, yeah, I agree. And I think you said that perfectly because I think kind of unsettling production is what Q is. Yeah, He's like, he's just, and this is why I've always loved him is because again, he's so grimy. Like I just can't think of another way to describe it. Um, aside, it's, it's just more like in your face and kind of like combustible a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I just picture like a, a knife and like a dishwasher, like flinging around, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's like, it's, it's dangerous, but contained in the yeah. perfect way. Yeah. And I think that's what's, what makes, what separates Q from the pack as far as this specific sound, because like he just mixes things together so well. There's like really hard bass at a time. And then mm-hmm. the next song, it could be like more, you know, kind of relaxing. Mm-hmm. And he just, he, you really never know what you're going to get from him sound wise. And I think, like you said, it really keeps you on your toes. And mm-hmm. it really, I, I think it sets a great tone for the album as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I think he found that. I think he found that kind of medium line, too, of the sound he wants production-wise and how he also figured out how he could tie it all together with his delivery in this album. And, I mean, I'm going to speak on how much I love this goddamn album so much. But just right off the track, you're like, it's back to it's back to Q, but it's not like something we've heard before, right? He's still, be, he's still able to grow, and he's still able to take another step but kind of remind you of who he is as a artist and um that leads me into tales which is a great transition into uh coming off an intro like a really 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 good well done song after you're coming off the intro setting up the kind of tone of the album uh it's it's almost an ironic look at the first song you know uh where he's kind of like boasting about this gang life and he's not really doing that but that's 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 the tone he sets with the song um whip clean dope boy and then he's like and then you get more of a storytelling vibe more of a a a delivery lyrical driven song um where he tells the tales (laughs) of his gang experience and like the repercussions that come from it and so uh what do you think about the second track Hughes? yeah and first of all, these I love these songs where, and this is why listening to an album in completion I think is important mm-hmm. to understand everything because mm-hmm. this production wise, this is, it flows seamlessly into the next song from yeah. Gang Gang to Tales. Yeah, and it's like you have to check your phone to make sure it's a different song because yeah. it goes together so well. Yeah, and those songs are the best. When you open your phone and you see, oh, it's a different song, mm-hmm. then you get excited yeah. because whether whether the content relates or not, it's it has that connective tissue within the album where everything feels like it's connected to each other. Um, but as, as content, this does connect. And this is something he's done a lot in the past where he will rap about the, the one side and then he'll talk about the other one too. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's something we talked about last week uh, Last week with Oxymoron. It's like an oxymoron is a contradiction. And that's something that that whole album is about is basically the contradiction of his life and the contradiction of life in general mm-hmm. um, and, and how some of the things just don't make sense and how it leaves you questioning a lot of things. 
Um, and I think that, you know, listening to all three or all of his albums now, um, you know, we're at the end and we can kind of figure out what were his biggest discoveries. And I, I think that was really the biggest one is everything that he grew up thinking was that's life. Like he got into rap and became successful and realized, oh, there's a lot more to this shit. And everything that I was going through in the past was not good. And like, mm -hmm. I'm very happy to have escaped that. And this song, Tales, really does a great job of laying that out. Um, where, you know, he's talking about how he could have, like he said, one more strike, I'm with the lifers. Like he was so close to becoming just a, a street guy for his entire life. And he was able to get out. And of course, he talks about the cycle more, which is something he's talked about on pretty much every album to this point. Um, talks about, you know, possibly missing his mom's funeral and his daughter, you know, becoming uh, a woman of the streets, which he saw so much growing up too, as he mm -hmm. talked about. And, and just like, man, it's, he did such a good job of, of setting you up with like the gang gang type of thing where it's like, oh man, this is so fun. This is so cool. And then he comes right back and punches you in the face with, no, that shit is not cool. This is what could have happened to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say this song is kind of like a head bopper to an extent, but it's, it's in a different way where it's more of like, more of like a groovy kind of yeah. thing more than like exciting and, you know, club type of thing. Um, and it kind of brings you down a little bit. And so I just think the, the sound and the content mix so well and coming off gang gang again, I think that was the perfect setup to this more like low key type of song. Yeah, and that's like the realization that he's had within his music and not necessarily within his life. He's found that he's ha he has that ability, and you see it a lot on this album. We're going to talk about it a lot more, whether it's with Num Num Juice followed right by Drunk, um, or, you know, there's a couple other examples where he, he sets you up in one angle, and then he brings you back, and he's like, wait, this <laughs> this is a real part of it, though. This is the shit that you don't see you know and he's really found and that's what this whole album's kind of about like he's he's really we talked about it being 40 minutes long but he's really condensed all of those ideas and thoughts into this absolutely packed full album of content of production of it all and i mean we'll talk about how this ranks in kind of all of his albums but my god he's not only did I have fun listening to it all week, but it's like, like you mentioned, it's like a combination. It's like, it's like the, the crux of everything that he's had come so far. And so that leads us into Chopsticks, which, I mean, love the Travis Scott feature. Travis Scott's my guy. Uh, but it's, again, one of those boasting kind of girl-driven songs that's kind of for the radio. Um, but it is the second time Travis and Q have ever collaborated. Hughes, off the top of your head, can you tell me the first time? Okay, all right, man. Easy money. That Never one forget that. Absolute banger. That one is an absolute banger. I, I probably like that one a, bit, a little bit more than this one, but this one still has, got, still has a little bit of a catchy chopsticks, but it's not like, okay, okay. <laughs> that's in, uh, and that's in um, Rodeo from Travis, which the more we keep talking about Travis, I mean, are we giving uh, a little... Uh, little uh little taste of my who we, who we might do next i don't know hasn't been decided but the more more we keep talking about travis the more i kind of want to dive through his uh his uh playlist or 
his discography. So what do you, what do you have again for chopsticks? Like I said, what I had was like, I mean, it's kind of just a radio song. I mean, there's not much there about except him talking, him and Travis talk about like how they want to fuck bitches and shit like that and how they get fuck bitches. Uh, but w- do you have anything else for that one? Hughes? Well, one thing I noticed with this album as a whole is, you know, we're kind of in the radio type of level or area of this album where it's like, you know, you got a handful of radio type songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I noticed is this is something we talked about with J. Cole as well, where the later he got into his career, like he kind of figured out how to make a radio song that actually it's it just a better sounding radio song. And, you know, there's not necessarily uh, great content within it, mm-hmm. but it, it's I think it, it was a good it was a good example of his improvement with like the love slash sex kind of songs. And again, like if you stack it up against some of the ones in the past, it's it's probably not the best one. But I do think, you know, just as far as figuring out how he wants to sound, um, you know, I think this was a pretty good example of, of how he's developed in that area. Um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good take on it, Hughes. I mean, other... I, I, I just think it's one of those, you know, one of those, you get Travis on the feature, you got to make it a banger. And I'm not like, I'm not downplaying the song at all. I think it, I think it's got a vibe to it. Um, but you get Travis on the song, you just want him to get a good hook. And I mean, I mean, he sounds good on the hook. I, not going to lie. Not going to lie. Uh, but that's, that's going to take us into Num Num Juice, which another, this is another one of those just eerie sounding production which i think it's a lot of it's overtaken by his uh delivery and his lyrics and his uh kind of just him but underlying all of this on num num juice i feel like you just have a really eerie eerie kind of sound to it and i don't know what it is about it but it's just like something's off and it sounds good so it's not like bad off but it's just like dark like you said earlier uh but for the song as a whole, I had the, it's one of the cutest songs on the album because um, it's like he has the complete control of the beat and goes back and forth between flows, between uh, lyrics. Like he just continues to keep switching it up and keep switching like every, like every, every 10 seconds, it's, he's got a different flow to it. Um, and I know this is probably one of the biggest songs on the album. People have heard it the most, and that's when you kind of are able to get kind of jaded with it. But still, I think it's like it, it, it's just one of the most cue songs on the album. And coins up, bars up that line. That's like that like sets the tone for the, the beginning, the first take, the first take, and um, not not. It's like he's not focused on on the reception, the sound. He's just focused on the bars and the delivery and just giving the good shit. And so I'm going I'm to toss this one over to you for your take. But I will say that this is the end of take one uh, for Crash Talk. And then he goes into take two in the next couple of songs. And so we have Gang Gang, Tails, Chopsticks, Num Num Juice as the end of Crash Talk take one. Hughes, what do you think about that? And then what do you think about the song? Yeah, so, you know, looking ahead, it's it's interesting because I think Num Num Juice and Drunk kind of mix a little bit together. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe Num Num Juice is kind of that close, that 
first chapter and he's leading you into the the next uh being drunk uh not on substances which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about next but uh you know obviously this is a highly discussed song from this album and again it's like a radio radio hit but i mean i agree with you as far as flow and sound man like that that is one thing that's undeniable about q no matter what you think about him Mm-hmm. His ability to match himself to the beat and, and flow perfectly along with what's there is just so impressive. And the beat, and this song is not an example of that, but the beat is not always consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes he'll he'll have a beat be really high paced and then it'll kind of slow down and have maybe a different uh, instrument or something in there. And he's able to just, just like that, he's able to to switch and and ride that beat that way and match the tone to it mm-hmm. and again this song is is really high pace and he just keeps up and his ability to to flip-flop between being able to you know go really quick and really impactful mm-hmm. to really kind of slow i just think is is amazing i mean that's bitch shit <laughs> and that's like the perfect part of it uh like it's it starts it's like got my coins up bars up soon as we find them and then and then like the beat takes a different tone down a little bit and he switches i mean that's bitch shit man that's bitch shit oh it's ah you know and like you said this is one of the most discussed songs on the album but rightfully so i mean rightfully so it's a fucking banger man it is an absolute banger um but that's gonna lead us into drunk uh End of take one, beginning of take two is drunk, and I got some, I got some shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss you about uh, this, this, the first take for me, um, was was kind of like that victory lap for Q, kind of where he's like figuring, he's he's got it figured out, he's got the game figured out. He could toss all this shit, as he could toss all that gangster shit. He could come back uh, and talk about real life, uh, and then we got drunk which is uh, the second feature on the album, probably my favorite. And that was, that was a question I was going to ask you a little bit later, but if you want to answer it right now, what is your favorite feature on this album? Because there's a lot of features and there's a lot of great features, but it's black, right? It's not six lakh because I've been calling that guy six lakh for, for a <laughs> while. I mean, if I'm being honest, is it, is it black? Is that what he wants to be called? Yeah. Okay. It's black. Yeah. I mean, it's it got a six. It's got a six as a B. I'm like, what do you want me to call you, man? <laughs> but anyway, for the song, um, it's kind of like it's kind of like that juxtaposition again, a little bit slower, uh, and and the hard hitting bass in this song, like you kind of talked about earlier, where the bass comes in, it just emphasizes the intoxication theme. Like it, it, it's subtle and it it's spaced out to the point where you just keep hearing this bass kind of like over and over every eight or 10 seconds. And it just kind of sinks you back into the intoxicating kind of vibe that the song carries. And then the hi-hats carrying the tempo um, puts emphasis on the lyrics. Uh, But what's your take on, on this one, Hughes? Yeah. I mean, you said it, man, like this, it makes you feel drunk. This Mm -hmm. beat. And this mm-hmm. is what I was talking about earlier, where this this is a beat that you will not see on a normal album from anyone. It's like it's a mix of piano and bass, which you never hear that combination. Yeah. Like usually artists will use either piano or bass to set the tone. Um, or like, you know, piano and traditional drums. 
was something, you know, Mac Miller, I think, did that more than anyone probably in rap at least. Um, but it, it's usually like bass or piano and something else. And he just throws all of it together. And like mm-hmm. you said, the hi-hat in there too, it's just like a really odd mix. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you can't really figure out what the sound wants to be. And I think that's kind of the point yeah. that, you know, it's just it, – it's like you're you're intoxicated. But as I mentioned, this is – you know, it's, it's not really about being drunk on, you know, weed or, you know, being high in any sort of way. Uh, it's uh, on any substances, which, you know, it makes you seem like that. But, of course, the chorus is, I ain't really drunk, just a little buzz. And, you know, he's he's spending a lot of time reflecting on some of the old things that has have happened in his life, which is something that he's done already. He did that on Tales, too, where, you know, he goes back into the, the old days and is like, man, like, I don't really feel like that was uh, – the right way for that other person to handle it or whatever. And, and this is another theme on the album is just people kind of trying to get a hold of, of who he is now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's something that he's kind of starting here and, you know, coming off the, if this really is like the second segment of the album, mm-hmm. if you will, I think maybe this is where we really start to see that where he's, he's really questioning kind of those around him and, and some of the past actions of people in his life and what their intentions really are. Yeah, and he does this under a, a, a slower tempo, like we said, hi-hats, um, and then a strong-hitting bass. And then uh, content-wise, you get to lies, which is just kind of a follow-up to uh, the content, but – it's 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 a different sound and that's why he's got you going one way with the content right and he's got you on on a similar vibe with the content and then the roller coaster picks up and you get Ty Dollar right off the bat and the addition of Ty Dollar and the pick up te- pick up of the tempo um, is 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 such a good kind of mix and that's what i mean that's what i think we both mean when we when we talk about like the roller coaster but this is one of the rare kind of happy sounding songs although it's not necessarily a happy content song uh it, it could be the chorus from ty uh, and i love again I'm, i've mentioned i love all the features on this album i think we talked about before how how good q is at putting features on an album to help emphasize kind of different points of it. But this is, this is another good example, just like the, the black kind of feature, although it was short on drunk of emphasizing kind of the point um, on drunk, at least I'm going to go back to that with kind of the slower R and B sound from six, la- or six, la- <laughs> 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 I, I'm always going to call that guy six, like, I'm sorry. Uh, but the, the R and B sound kind of helps drive the slower tempo, hard hitting bass, hard hitting hi-hats. Uh, and then you get Ty Dolla, uh, tempo pickup and a blissful underlying melody. Um, again, just more on that point about how he takes you on a roller coaster. Hughes, what do you got about lies? Yeah, man, this, this is another big theme, uh, as we'll get to just people, this is kind of what I was talking about with, with people trying to get a hold of him when he's at this high level and people trying to clout chase essentially, um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is not even close to a new topic among rap or music in general. I mean, or, or famous people in general. I mean, it's just, it's something that has become prevalent in society. I, I think especially because of things like Instagram 
like there's a lot of people out here that they want to get Instagram followers and it doesn't really matter who they hurt on the way there. And that's, I think that's kind of the point of this song is, is people lying on the other people. And in this song, you know, you got YG, Ty Dolla, and of course, Schoolboy Q all given their perspective on this as three successful guys in this game. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's funny because this is something I always am interested in because I just think Instagram has had such a negative impact on people in general. Mm-hmm. I think of all of all the of all the social medias, I think Instagram is the worst. Like everything it promotes, and listen, I still use Instagram. Don't get me wrong, but it, this it is just so so bad for people's mindset. I think that you always have to show people what you're doing and show people who you are. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just looking for external validation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Kanye West had a line um, in St. Pablo, the song uh, from the life of Pablo, of course, where he's like crowdsourcing my self-esteem on Instagram. Uh, that's obviously not word for word, but something like that. And it's like, man, that really is how it is nowadays where, people go to Instagram or other sources to get that external validation. And, you know, people like you, they don't need it because they know who they are. Right. Um, and everyone battles with it, I think, but for the most part, you're pretty solid on what you are and who you are. And a lot of people, once they're at the top, will try to knock them off and take that clout from them. Um, so you know, it was it was like a fun song to listen to and really up tempo. But again, this is I think when these guys get really advanced in their career, they can figure out how to make a song sound good and also in deliver a really important message. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, like the two features on this, I think complement that really well. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Um, and then kind of going kind of going into the theme of the second tape which i've kind of uh discussed this is it's like you it's like you get drunk which is really uh like we i mentioned low tempo kind of soothe sound soother sounding and then you get lies and it and it picks up it's like the peak of this kind of second tape which leads into uh 5200 uh, another classic Q kind of boasting song, right? Um, and this is the first time in this album, I think that Q really uses build-up, uh, really uses the build-up really well. Um, the build-up in the intro kind of sets up the beat drop to make it hit that much harder. Uh, Melody-wise, I have the underlying melody uh, overall, an up-tempo, happy-sounding rhythm, although it, it a little bit of distortion kind of creeps into it a little bit. And so keep that in mind as we go through the next uh, two or three, four songs that kind of complete this ta- tape, because as I think you'll see, it gets more distorted and distorted and distorted as he goes. Um, but again, a classic Q song, whip, whip, whip till it stayed on you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And that's like, it's that punchy delivery. It's that punchy line that, that kind of keeps you there. Uh, again, a classic Hughes song. Hughes, what do you got for 5200? Find me one person that can make a song like this, man. Yeah. One person. That's all I need. Yeah. One person. That's all I need. One person. I don't think you could find them. I mean, seriously. 
And, and you know what I love? Because obviously, you know, you get Kendrick Lamar in the intro here. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like, and you see this on both of their albums, that because they're pretty much always involved in each other's album in at least a small way. Mm-hmm. And I actually love that you don't really see a lot of features, like really full thought out features from Kendrick on Schoolboy's albums. Like you do get some, the earlier albums you had more. Mm-hmm. I like that there's just a small little piece of him in this album. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's, there's just, it, it's kind of nice because it's like, it's almost like Q recognizing like I can do this on my own. I don't need Kendrick's name tied to this project for it to be successful. Yeah. But his voice is going to be really great for the intro to the song. Yeah. And, and that's what I was and, talking. I think that adds to the buildup, the, the Kendrick, because Kendrick's like kind of high pitched, uh, whatever he says, it's like, um, fuck out of the way right now. And, uh, one, two, three, four. And then he goes, Oh yeah. And, uh, that, that's what I was talking about. Um, like the first time in this album where I think Q uses the buildup and it just hits whenever that beat drops. And I think Kendrick, although he's not, you know, listed as a feature, like you mentioned, just helps to emphasize that. Yeah. And that's where I was going. Like the, the buildup that Kendrick has right there where like, you don't really know where the song's going because there's mm-hmm. not really a beat right off the bat. It's just kind of him talking and like, he's got that distorted voice. And then, of course, Q comes in and drops it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's exactly the reaction. Like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. This is where we're going with it. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like you kind of go from that state of euphoria almost where you're like, oh, man, what, what's going on here? And then it's like, oh, shit. Like, I'm really in this right here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, I wish I could go back to the first time I heard this and be like, oh, whoa. Like, that's mm-hmm. where he was going with it. Um, and then, of course, there's the four words I know. Fuck all you hoes. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Every time I hear that line, I got my fingers going one, two, three, four. <laughs> it's like, man, it's just, <laughs> it's just such a fun song. And for me personally, as much as I really like the beginning of this album, I think this part of the album is the best part. And 5200 really kicks that off. I mean, he's been counting dead men putting bodies in a safe. Oh, you're you're right, dude. Like no one can make a song like this except for Q. I mean, if you find me, call me out, leave a review. Hey, like like I mentioned in the beginning of the pod, you find someone, we'll we'll uh, we'll discuss them here on the Divine Rhyme. But um, at least for now, fifty two hundred definitely a classic Q song, one hundred percent. And that's exactly what I have for it. Um, and then the roller coaster continues. The roller coaster fucking continues. And that's what I'm saying, man. This fucking album, it, 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 it sounds like it's going on forever just because you don't know what's coming up next. And black folk have down-tempo, pretty clean melody, matches the theme of the song, and the wasted, oh my God, with the wasted just kind of like sprinkled in throughout the whole track, man. It, it drives the theme. It really drives the theme. And I, I think that's also something that I've picked up as we just discuss more about this album. It's, it, man, does he really know how to use the production now to drive the messaging just beyond beyond his delivery? So what do you have on Black Folk, Hughes? Yeah, man, like I, and this is a very, this is a pretty short song. This is one of them I mentioned early on where, man, it's like he just has two fucking awesome verses. And it's like, it's really compact, but it's like you're hanging on to every word he, he says. 
And as you mentioned, man, 5200, you got that high, really, really exciting environment type of song. And then it drops you to Black Folk. And, and my, my first note is groovy AF. Mm-hmm. I mean, how else can you fucking describe it? Just, it's just like, oh, man, like it just puts you into a whole different vibe. And I think the first four lines of this may be his most, like maybe his best and like most telling uh, lines of any of the songs. And you could dig through them because, man, there's been a lot of really good lines. But, you know, just talking about, again, this is more of that introspection where he's talking about um, everyone's going to mess up. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to fail. But then he says, you know, my adversity's done turned me to a killer. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like that hit me when I first heard it. Cause it's like, man, that really is how life is. Like everyone thinks that everything sucks. And you know, this thing that happened to me is the worst thing ever. And then you look back in, in a month or six months or a year. It's like, Oh wow. Like that, that thing changed my life for the better right there. And that's, that's kind of the vibe I think he's, he's trying to give off with this. And obviously there's a lot of, uh, more reflection on some of the the past life he's had and some of the stuff he had to escape. But again, just, I think he's, I think this album is, is almost a story of him understanding that, you know, he can have two lives and that past life made him who he is, but who he is now is like, is better than that. And while he has to kind of tip his cap to that life that led him here, you know, he, he's also recognizing that all those mistakes he made uh, turned him into a way better person and it's helped him become successful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree with that take, Hughes. Um, and this is, again, kind of like the start of the downfall of the second tape uh, where you get the wasted also being kind of, uh, you know, muffled kind of, kind of the wasted kind of just hits you whenever that hits, it kind of, hits you right in the soul, right? Hits you in the heart. And then and then you get Floating, which obviously a classic song, obviously one of the one of the best on the album. Uh, not my favorite, which uh, we actually haven't discussed yet. Hughes, have we discussed your favorite song on the album yet? Man, like I honestly don't think, I don't think I can pick. Okay. There, I can give you a handful that I'm in consideration for, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's tough. It's tough mm-hmm. for me to pick. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take that as an answer then. I mean, you're right. They're all so good. They are all good, but there's one that kind of is, is my favorite. Um, but again, going to floating, uh, another, another example of the buildup that Q is able, able to, uh, able to put out, uh, a, another level of the eerie slash distorted production, uh, kind of going over a simple piano again, matches the kind of intoxicating vibe that he wants to give off uh, or the intoxicating feel of the song. Um, though it is kind of uh, overwhelmed by the drums. And I think uh, that you, you're not really able to pick that up instantly unless you're really kind of diving through it uh, like we have. But uh, the 21 feature and is, is great aligns with the theme and like 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 we talked about man that 21's voice 21's kind of delivery just matches the theme of this song and that's why that's why i continue to say man this guy knows how to fucking put a feature on his album uh so hughes what 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 were your thoughts on floating yeah this is another as you mentioned another switch up 
And if you got good bass in your car, this one's going to wake you up in the morning like that. <laughs> it's a, it's a shaker. Like it's, yeah, it is. it's a shaker. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's bass, man. It's bass and, and more bass, uh, which is, which is fun. And, and I, I, as you said, I think 21's feature is really good. And 21, he's like this, this mumble rap generation guy. Um, and if you want to throw him into that group, that's fine, I think. But God, like there's just something about him I love. I, mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on it. It's probably his sound. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what he says. I really don't. He, he is just, he sounds so good. And as you said, on this, on this song, he compliments it perfectly. And, you know, the, the voice fits the sound and the mood. But it's a little bit different than Q, you know, so it kind of gives you that different uh, little bit of tempo to it. Um, and, it, it, you know, his voice is a little bit higher. So it adds a little bit different of an element sound wise. Mm-hmm. But this is just another example of that really like in your face song that Q has basically mastered at this point. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. One of my favorites on the album, uh, hard hitting, classic build up, like I mentioned. Um, but uh, again, kind of takes you on a third degree of uh, this distorted, intoxicating production that we found in uh, the second tape, which uh, is on this album, which leads us perfectly into the final degree of. Uh, kind of the eerie just like a deep eerie 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 sound and dangerous uh kind of juxtaposed with the beautiful melody that kid cuddy kind of brings and this is another another build-up song that i think the whole time builds up to the very fucking end of the song like like genuinely he adds different sounds different different layers in each kind of part of the song but kind of start with the melody at least a little bit this melody kind of reminds me of like a bad acid trip and <laughs> that it's tough to explain, but it's like, it's got this psychedelic kind of vibe, right. Of, uh, of this, this sound. And I'm not sure whether, whether, what it is because it's so distorted, but it just sounds like it's something just, just off. Like it's not completely off, but it's like this psychedelic song. That's just kind of like, one tone or one one level off um but you can't really figure out what it is again with the build up with the drums kind of spaced periodically throughout the album uh this song is definitely one of the biggest roller coasters i have and it it doesn't stop until the end like the build up with cuddy's melody kind of melodic humming kind of coming in and kind of sealing off the vibe and that's where you get the end of Crash Talk Tape 2. So, Hughes, what do you think about this album, this song? One of my favorites, not my favorite. And then what do you think about um, the end of Crash Talk Tape 2? Yeah, th- this is another one where, as you mentioned, like, it's kind of funny coming up floating. Like, it, the, it kind of, the beat kind of leaves you floating a little bit. It's, again, it's like you don't really know where it's going. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of like, you're just you're it's almost like you're in the mind state of like being kind of high and just like floating in space and just like like trying to figure out what the hell's going on and and i'll say i'm not going to spoil it but the the music video is a really nice compliment to this song if you haven't watched it um it's like and again it's a two and a half minute song so really quick Mm -hmm. um and i think the music video is great and like every time i watch i'm kind of just like 
stunned a little bit at, at the whole storytelling aspect to it really. Um, but again, this, this is more of the take on the past life and, you know, the dangers of, you know, what he had when he was, um, in, in the streets. And there's so many lines on this that like, I want to, I want to write down and like put on my room because they're like, so telling, Mm -hmm. um, but like how many friends around me help me lose? How many excuses until I'm excused? It's like, it's, and this is something we talked about last week. He doesn't have to tell you what he's telling you. Mm-hmm. He is so fucking good at that. And like, I want to start looking for this in other artists, but off the top of my head, I can't think of an artist that does it better than he does of showing you and not telling you with these lines. And, and those two lines are a great example. And then another one, pleasure took my driver and caused me to crash like every time i fucking hear them like god damn man like (laughs) like it's you can just imagine it it's like pleasure is something that i don't think it's talked about enough and honestly i don't think people understand the difference between like pleasure and like real happiness but pleasure is like you know the short-term stuff like sex drugs drinking like the stuff that's going to make you feel good now but you wake up tomorrow, it's like, oh, I, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that type of deal. And that's something that, that Q has talked about a lot and how pleasure has kind of overruled his life um, at certain points. And again, this is more that introspection where he's like, man, like I really let pleasure take my life over and steer me in the wrong direction. Um, so that line really hits me every time I hear it. Um, and another part of this song I really like is that it's just a really it's it's one verse that's just straight through you know you don't get yeah. any interruption yeah. it's just a really long verse um and i just think the topics he's introducing like he ends it take this here introduce you to love uh or he's sold my heart and soul that's a hell of a drug take this here introduce you to love again more on that on the the drug uh stuff and how people think it's going to save them and then you get to a point down the line where it's like, that's not it. And Q is an interesting perspective on this because he was bro- both a drug taker and a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. So he saw both sides of the coin with that stuff. Um, so his perspective on all that stuff he talks about is so strong because you can really tell he was involved in this shit and it really made him look at the world a different way. And when he came out of it, he's able to make songs like this where he's looking back like, wow, like this is really how the world is. And I need to tell people and show them. Um, and I just think this song is a, is a really beautiful way of doing that. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it kind of completes, I, I really do The more I listen to it because I listen to it in kind of like three separate chunks. Right. Because I, I really took, I really took uh, the tape crash talk tape whatever i really took that to heart and i think that this middle section is really an intox an intoxicating vibe and intoxicating kind of content wise whether it's floating whether it's drunk or whether it's dangerous it's it's kind of that realization that it's like a pleasure kind of section right and then he's and then he's ending this pleasure section with let me introduce you to love and then Crash Talk Take 3 starts with Die With Them. And I think this whole final kind of part of 
the album is him saying he's got more to give. He's got more to do. He's got more things to kind of like discuss. And that's, that's, that's what I, I took as like, let me introduce you to love. Like not, it's like accepting that your past life, accepting the things that you've done, whether they've been good for you or not, pleasure-based or not, and kind of realizing moving forward that you got more to give and you got more to do. Um, and so let's talk about Die With Them a little bit more. Another menacing beat. And it's a good sonic juxtaposition to Dangerous. And again, with the roller coaster, it's like Dangerous, he takes you, takes you up, this, up this kind of long journey. It's like, where am I going? And then he finishes it with, uh, let me introduce you to love. Crash talk, take three, and then die with them, you know? And so what's your take on die with them, Hughes? Yeah, again, man. Like, he just, he, it's like he's he's fucking making a U-turn in the middle of the highway with a lot of these songs. Where Dangerous, again, really slow and, like, it really is, like, just kind of puts you in that state of, like, paranoia almost. Like, you don't know what's going on. And then, as you mentioned, it's like you slam on the brakes and you fucking turn and go the other way with die with them, where the bass just really hits you right off the bat. And it's got that completely different vibe where he's talking about, you know, when he's got that gun on him, he feels like he's God and he's unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And you know what's interesting from – because as I mentioned on previous pods, like I'm really into the storytelling of of these uh, songs and albums. And I noticed with with Q that – he will sometimes tell the story backwards where the he'll tell the second part of the story where like he's realized uh you know he's learned a lot from the first part he'll say that first and then he'll follow it up with the beginning of the story mm-hmm. and i think the best example was uh with prescription slash oxymoron on oxymoron mm-hmm. where the first two minutes is you know about uh, the drug life and how he's realizing it's, you know, being a, it's really a problem for him. And then he flips it right back to how he hits the streets and sells drugs. You know, it's almost like he tells the second part of the story first. And I kind of see it this way too, where he's just coming off talking about the dangers of the life he lived and, and how, you know, he could have been killed in the street doing all this. And then he flips right back to, you know, the power that that had him, that that gave him. Mm-hmm. Of, of having that gun on him and again with with the more menacing beat you really feel that where you kind of feel a little bit more powerful and mm-hmm. it's just again he he's such he does such a great job on this album as a whole of combining the sound with the content and making it really work together and the way he'll set you up from one song to another is just genius i think yeah, talk about setting you up. I mean, we got Crash Next, and that's another example of, oh, let me pick up the phone. Oh, that's it's a new song. It's a new song. And that's it's probably my favorite transition on the album. Um, almost it feels like the songs go together, kind of like you mentioned, uh, at least sonically. Uh, too many M's to make uh, is one of the lines that I took. Uh, and that's, again, kind of goes with the theme of the the third part of this album i think he's got more he's got more coming for him he's and that's what the song's kind of all about uh whether it's about talking about his daughter right and how if if she fail if he fails and she fails and he's not he's not big on taking l's you know he's never been a guy that takes l's uh but a line that kind of hit me personally was gotta hit the golf course to get a peace of mind and uh I know Hughes. Hughes is a big golf fan. Not much of a golf player because he's been a little bit injured. But 
I mean, I spent every damn weekend this summer at a golf course. And if you want to talk about a relaxing place, that's, that's where you want to go. Just swing away at some balls, hit a golf course, and uh, just listen to the birds chirping and, uh, you know, just be out in nature. And I know Hughes really picked up golf as of recently. And so, um, but like that, that line kind of matches the song as well. It's like, you know, there, he's found kind of his areas and maybe a golf course is one of them to where he could kind of decompress. That's not in the streets anymore. He could kind of grab a peace of mind, uh, in, in a more beneficial way. And crash this one, this one is my favorite song on the album. I think, uh, I think he's, I think the lyrics content wise are great. And then delivery as always, uh, is, is phenomenal on, uh, on Q's part. So what do you got for this one? Hughes? Yeah, this is another one that's in the running for my favorites, and it, it may be mine as well. But again, it's it's too close to call. Yeah, I'm gonna. That's I'm, fair. I'm gonna need the, the judges are gonna have to review this one and, and really figure <laughs> it out. But um, yeah, I mean, the golf thing is, and Q loves golf, man. He talks about it a lot. Like, I've seen a bunch of interviews with him talking about golf, and I think he actually did pick it up to like get away from this shit mm-hmm. because. Again, and, like, that's what the first verse is about, really, is just, man, all these people, uh, all these things bothering him, all these people bothering him. It's like sometimes they just got to get away, get to the golf course. And I will say personally, going on vacation a couple weeks, I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna hit the links for the first time. There you go. Um, so it's going to be a fun summer. It, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how the shoulder reacts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm at a I'm at a fuck it point. Yeah. I've waited too long. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get my peace of mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, again, like it's it's really about nature too. Like as you mentioned, like just man, just going out. It, there's a park down the street from me. I go to like twice a week. Just relaxing. Mm-hmm. You got the birds chirping. You got maybe a creek flowing. Some some uh, some trees. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. Love trees. <laughs> and, uh, and like, it's just, it really brings you home almost where, man, like the, the concrete jungles we got built up out here. Sometimes, man, it's, it's all business. It's all money. It's like, uh, it just kind of, it kind of, uh, spoils the soul to an extent. Sometimes you just got to get away and reconnect. And, um, I mean, that's, that's kind of what he's talking about now. It's like, I got to focus like, uh, my daughter needs new shoes, man. I got to make a new song. Mm-hmm. So that's, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's an interesting thing. And, and his, his daughter's impact on the music too has been great. Yeah. He talks about her a lot and how she has impacted his life and changed his life. Um, so it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people look at it as, as a kid born at a young age as like a, a bad thing. But for Q, man, it changed his life, and it really, it really changed his perspective on, on how he needed to handle business. So that that whole impact on his music with this song, and really the past couple albums, um, I think has really shined through. Yeah, I mean, in Oxymoron, she kind of narrates the whole thing. There's no doubt about it, um, and the, there's no doubt about how the impact of her has kind of helped to adjust Q's mindset. You know, just in general. It's like, would we be getting these type of albums uh, had she not been born? Or would we kind of be getting more of the setbacks and habits and contradictions? Although you do kind of see the oxymoron 
kind of vibe in those earlier albums. I mean, setbacks and habits and contradictions, the name of those, that's kind of like, that's kind of like Q's expertise. And we talked about that, the back and forth, two sides to the coin kind of being Q's uh, wheelhouse. There's, there's no doubt about it. And the impact of uh, his daughter is definitely a big part in that. So that leads us into water. Actually, before that, uh, I'm, I'm going to call Hughes out real quick. Let me know when you want ran on the golf course, bud. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Get that shoulder going, and I'll uh, teach you how to swing a club. All right, Bob. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I really am. Like, you reached out to me about playing, like, months ago, and this was, like, just when I found out I was going to have the surgery. I'm like, damn it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been waiting so long because I got into golf last year, and for some reason I just never went out there. Um, I was just kind of kind of learning the game a little bit. Um, and, and now I'm ready. Like, I feel like I know what I need to know. Mm-hmm. I've been, uh, practicing the swing in the side yard a bit, <laughs> but, uh, as far as making contact with the ball, you know, it's, it's been just a little bit. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. And, and me and you are definitely going to be out there a bunch this summer. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, Bob. That leads us into water. I went a little bit off topic. That's all right. Divine rhyme here. We, we kind of cover everything. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to steal from Bryce Shotty's bag real quick, okay? With water, completely miss me with this song, and that might be that might be a, a, sh- a shocking take. No, Hughes is agreeing, but completely miss me with this goddamn song. This album is a no skip, 100% of the way. Not even I wouldn't even think about skipping. Wouldn't even think about skipping if this song wasn't fucking on it. The chorus, terrible. Not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The baby feature's okay. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's not great. The only thing good I could say for this song, and trust me, I spent time, I genuinely spent time trying to like this song. Like, I was like, man, can I find anything? The only thing that I found is that it set up the the outro sonically um, to an extent. I mean, going from Crash to the outro maybe uh, might be a bit of a jump. Uh, at least in sound wise, not kind of cues nature, but uh, the only good I can speak about this song is that it kind of sets up the outro. What, what do you have for it? Is yeah, man, like it's <laughs> it's tough because he did such a good job with song placement to this point, mm-hmm. and I do agree he probably needed some sort of a transitional song from Crash to Attention, but. This was not it, man. No. This was not it. Like it's <laughs> and first of all, I'm sorry. I try to like little baby. I just can't. Mm-hmm. I, I there I don't know what it is about him. There's some songs I like, but I just can't with him. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see how he's gotten this big personally. I just not a fan. Um and this verse did nothing for me. And the the whole song didn't. It's like, all right, man, like we know you got money. Mm-hmm. We know you got ice on your wrist. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've ex- we've figured this out to this point. We don't need a whole song about it. Like if it's Migos, sure, mm-hmm. give us that because that's what all they do is mm-hmm. talk about their ice. We get it. Uh, but Q, it feels a little bit off base for him. So yeah, it's uh, miss me with that as well. It's like I mean, yeah, I don't mind you talking about your 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 money, Q. But at least make the song good, bud. Like, like, come on, man. But I will say, attention, the last song, great, great outro. It, it, it's kind of like the perfect cherry on top 
Tie the Bow Up uh, kind of song. Uh, it's, his, it's his vocal buildup at its best, I think, because he really, really starts the song off just with vocals and then the beat comes in. And it's almost like a checklist is what I got from this song, kind of like crossing his T's, dotting his I's, kind of, again, bringing you back, letting you know who he is, letting you know his experiences in life. Uh, but but a, r- a really, really good outro. Hughes, what do you got for this one? Yeah, I like it too. It's like, and again, another off-kilter type beat. Um, and it's like Q's whole approach to this is really more of like a, a monotone type of really low frequency, which again, find me one person that does it and, mm-hmm. and find me one person that can do that as well as all the other stuff. Because as I mentioned last week, like the Earl Sweatshirts and Tyler, the creators of the world, they're going to give you this sound all the time. But Q's ability to flip-flop from high frequency to low frequency and slow pace to fast pace is really good. And I think this was a great way to finish it as well. And I 100% agree with the, the checklist part. You know, again, talking about – well, he starts off right off the bat talking about winning awards at the Grammys and stuff. Then he backtracks a little bit, talks about, you know, how his, his deadbeat dad – kind of pushed him to succeed because he was motivated to prove him wrong for leaving, um, which is something he's talked about a little bit, but he, he doesn't talk about his dad too much, actually. Um, it's like a, a little sprinkle of a theme he'll, he'll throw into every album. But yeah, uh, and it kind of builds on the stuff he said earlier with, um, you know, not quite being done yet and wanting to do more. Um, so I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a really nice way to wrap the album up as well. All right, Hughes. Uh, great album. Absolutely great album. Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I'm going to give kind of my opinion on the album as a whole, and then I'm going to ask you three quick questions. Um, so this this album for me is kind of him recreating his own lane, like kind of diving back in, into himself after not necessarily losing himself in uh, – blank face but he went super experimental not that it was bad not that it was bad but this is kind of like a return to himself almost a victory lap if you will uh of man i know what i do best and i do it the best and so uh, uh, the transitions and mesh between songs i think he really got right they and he condensed it like we mentioned uh to make it make it sound really really quality quality is better than quantity uh, but, and I think, again, that just pushes it to make it sound, although it's 40 minutes, it sounds like an, a, you know, a, a Q album, a, a 60 minutes, hour 15, uh, kind of, uh, album. And so I want your overall thoughts on the album. I'm gonna force you to pick a, a best song. And then I want to, I want your take on if you've, the more we've talked about it, kind of seen different tapes, uh, as he's mentioned, t- uh, Crash Talk Tape 1, if you kind of see those three kind of different areas in that album, because I think I have to an extent, and I haven't pinned it down all the way, but the more I listen to it, I think the more I kind of find three different areas. And so uh, favorite song, overall tape on the album, and are, are, do the tapes matter that he mentions? Yeah, so looking over the track list, I'm going to go with Black Folk as my favorite song. And by the way, you know, on Genius, you can see the the lyrics that get looked at the least mm-hmm. um, and the most. So, you know, obviously Num Num Juice way ahead of all the others. Crash is up there. Uh, Dangerous is up there as well. Black Folk, 
is actually the second least viewed. Um, so a little bit underrated, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But it just every time I listen to it, it just really makes me feel comfortable and just really. I think again, as I talked about the message, I think it's really strong on it. Um, and just the sound to it is just so, so comforting is again, and really just nice to listen to. And it's a little bit anti Q in an extent where it's a little bit more, um, laid back and not super in your face because even some of the slow songs can be a little bit more amplified. And I think black folk again, was really, really just a calm, calming song. Um, so it was really enjoyable for me. Um, but again, a lot of good contenders on this. And I, I, just the album as a whole, I think, is, is really strong. And, you know, as I mentioned, I listened to this a bunch beforehand. And it's, it's really been a while since I listened to it straight through. I've listened to a handful of the songs that I've, you know, put in my playlist. But straight through album, you know, hadn't really listened to it in a while. And last week I went out and listened to it straight through. The first time I was a little bit underwhelmed. I, the first, like, six or so songs, I was like, hmm doesn't really hit like I thought it would. Um, but after a few more listens, I was like, okay, I'm starting to remember why I like these songs and where they fit into the album. So it's tough, man. Like after listening to Oxymoron last week, I, I think it's Oxymoron, this album up for my favorite two of Q's. Um, and it's, again, it's going to be really tough to figure out which one it actually is. It may take me some more listening to, uh, to figure that one out. But as, as you mentioned, just as far as Q, like honing in his sound and his message, this album is it, I think. I think he, he does a perfect job of, of putting everything he wanted to from a sound perspective and a message perspective into this album. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't afraid to do, it, to do it short. He wasn't afraid to do it in less than 50 minutes um, compared to the past where all the albums were, were much longer than that. So. Uh, really interesting kind of turn of the tide for him as far as that goes. Um, and as far as like the tracks, uh, the three tracks on this, I definitely, as we laid them out, I definitely think that, that you have something there with that. Um, as, as we talked about it, cause there, there is like a loose kind of theme connecting all of them. And, and some of those songs, when you get into the different tracks, uh, it definitely feels like certain topics are more emphasized. So I definitely see where you're coming with that. Have fun recording this pod, Hughes. This is a good album. Really, really good pod. I think we went through it well. Uh, looking forward to next week as well. I mean, this whole this past week, I was like, by the way, if you don't know, next week we're doing the off season. J. Cole, super excited. I'm super excited to talk about that one. I thought this week I was like, man, how am I really going to do due diligence to this this Q album when I got the off season? J. Cole dropping, but that's that's just another example of how good this Q album was. It's like I I didn't find it hard at all to kind of just go back to the Q album and like, man, this this one's good as well. But I, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm really really looking forward to just absolutely banging uh the off season so do you have any uh pre-pod takes on uh thoughts of the off season just initial quick two one minute two minute kind of thoughts well as i said on the power hour uh this week you know the first listen i was a little suspect i'm like okay it's a different sound from cole um a little bit you know and kod set it up a little bit i would say with the sound but it's uh it's different 
And the, I've listened to it probably, I think, three times through now. And because another, speaking of short albums, another short album, uh, even mm-hmm. shorter than Crash Talk, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's again, it's a different version of Cole, but I think it's still really good. A lot of um, important content in there, as always, from Cole. So yeah, I'm looking forward to breaking it down, man. I, I think it was, uh, it was a really solid album from Cole. Yeah, I think my my initial thought, victory lap. Victory lap from J. Cole. Mm, Um, Yeah. But that's going to be an absolute heater of an episode. This one right here, thank you for listening. Absolute heater of an episode. Uh, Really enjoyed uh, discussing it with you, Hughes. Uh, But now it's time, as always, for Shameless Plugs. Shameless Plugs. Alex and Dylan basketball powerhower. This week we got two pods, all rookie teams. Uh, that was last week, actually. And then the last teams before the playoffs, Raptors, Heat, and Grizzlies. Uh, and then you did your all-defensive team. That's been released um, as well. Uh, I love the I love the powerhower, Dylan. I really do. I think you guys break it down really well. Uh, all NBA recording tomorrow. You want to give us a little, uh, little pre-taste of that? Yeah, well, so me and me and Alex did a, uh, a like a midseason All NBA, and I'll just say like my first team is pretty much the same, but from the second and third teams are a lot different. So uh, a lot of a lot has changed, and with some of the injuries, you know, LeBron's not on the list because he missed a lot of games. KD and Harden, they're not on the list. AD, like a lot of big names that are always on the list, they just missed too many games this year. So. There's going to be some uh, some new faces on there than we're used to, so you'll have to tune in and see where me and Alex went and how much we agreed with our lists. Looking forward to it, Hughes. Like I said, really, really do enjoy uh, the Power Hour. Go ahead, check that out while you're at it. Uh, check out Lynn Sanity as well, talking about the play-in, uh, the West and the East, respectively. They had a good pod today with Griffith and Shaddy's back. Uh, and then I will be on Lynn Sanity doing a little bit of a recap of the play-in. You know, I haven't watched a lot of NBA this season, but I am a rea- I can be a reactionary guy and talk about what I saw in the uh, in the play-in games. Although I'm missing one right now, I heard the Pacers are kicking some ass, so it's good for uh, good for the pot, good for the network. Got a lot of Pacers fans in the network, uh, and then Lynn Sanity is just going to continue to move forward with uh, playoff talk. Uh, Circle City Cinema got a lot going on. Another great pod. Uh, Road to F9 Fast Five with Bryce and JD next week. Favorite movies with Parasite already out with our boy here. Uh, Dylan Hughes, Best Picture Draft coming soon, 1990 to 2020. And then Boys in the Hood, 30th anniversary with JD and his brother Jamal. Um, I know uh, Griffith has really been looking forward to that one, and and so am I. Battleground, not much going on in the battleground. We're kind of focusing on uh, NBA right now, but I definitely know that Hughes is uh, is being recruited for an appearance on the battleground. hasn't made it yet, so oh boy, better hop on there sometime soon. Uh, as always, Divine Rhyme, you know what's going on here. Got J Cole next week, uh, and then the non-running hook plugs, plugs, facts and stats by JD Hall. Check it out, great pod, great guy. One young soul to another, Dylan Hughes book. I'll tell you, AB is really going to do something to you if you don't buy that goddamn book. So, I mean, just just get that goddamn book so you don't have to worry about candles or Monopoly. I mean, there's a bunch of things he really tosses out. And then they got Den of Dorks with DJ Deke. They got that on the plug doc. So now I now I can't say I don't know the name of this fucking pod. It's Den of Dorks. Go check it out. DJ Deke, a close friend 
of the podcast and just as a whole from the running hook network might have something coming out here soon video wise we got a little uh competition coming up not on hughes's team hughes hughes i I was i left the board a little bit too quick to for hughes to draft me but we're playing a basketball game here or a series here soon might get some on video for you what are you what are you looking forward to uh what are you looking forward to that, Hughes? And uh, do you think you'll be able to contain me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was hoping to get the first pick. Obviously, you proved last time to be worthy of the first overall pick. And Alex agreed with that as well. So uh, I feel good about my team, though, man. It's, it's an interesting mix of guys. Got some different skill sets in there. Um, as far as sobriety goes, it's a mix, mix as well. We have no idea. <laughs> We have no idea who's going to be sober, who's not. Yeah. Um, so that that's just – there's a lot of X-factor uh, material in there with all that. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm interested to see uh, how it shapes out because, you know, I, I feel confident about my team. I know you guys feel confident about your team. And honestly, I think it's pretty evenly matched. But uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to see how it actually plays out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun time this Friday. I uh, should have some video production of it coming out at some point. So look forward to that. Uh, I will say to, to close it, kind of bring this pod full circle, uh, our team has committed to only drinking water. Mm. Uh, and if you would recall the name of the worst song on Crash Talk. So <laughs> that's how we're going to end it. Thank you for joining us here at Divine Rhyme. Thank you for uh thank you to everyone at the running hook network ab especially the godfather of this thing and uh keep tuning into those pods we'll keep putting out good content so thanks again and we'll see you next week